Welcome to the SAP HCM Insights Podcast. I'm Steve Bogner, the Managing Partner at Insight Consulting Partners, here to talk about the SAP Success Factors Success Connect 2017 conference in Las Vegas. Whew, what a mouthful. Um, I think we'll just call it S Connect from, from here on out. Um, I was not able to make it to the conference this year for a number of reasons, but um, the fellow podcast team members were. So uh, we're going to get some feedback from them and talk about, uh, you know, just where is Success Factors now and uh, what came up at the conference and how do we see things moving forward. So um, I'm going to check in with uh, Brandon Toombs and Jared Pazahanek and Amy Grubb. And so first of all, Brandon, I'll, I'll start with you. You were there on site. Appreciated the tweets you were sending out. They were um, good and informative and um so, you know, what was your perspective of the conference and uh, how would you say uh, customers reacted and, and what's your reaction? Uh, Steve, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking about on this conference. I, w- I was uh, uh, attending an, an Oprah seminar and there was just some <laughs> other things that were going on on the side. So I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll have more to say on that uh, later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was it, of course, that was a, quite a coup for them to be able to get it, to Oprah to come as well. But um, so I, I spend most of my time at, at conferences. I like to just walk around um, mainly and talk to customers and talk to my own clients and, and consultants. And and because it's such a great uh, way to kind of find out things that are going on in the in the in the industry. And so I, it, the the fact that there were that many attendees and I know the, the sellout had some uh, bad uh, uh, implications for a lot of people that wanted to come, but the fact that there was that much demand shows that there are a lot of people that are trying to figure out, you know, where they're going, uh, in the near future with their HR dollars. And so, uh, a lot of those people were there and, and particularly I, I talked to so many of my, uh, on-prem, uh, customers that in past, uh, times when I was talking to them, they would be, they were, they were a little bit more standoffish about what they were going to do, whether they're really ready to embrace the cloud. Um, but almost to a, a person, uh, everyone that I talked to, both my old clients that are on-prem, as well as just uh, people I happened upon, uh, where in the past, maybe they would say something like, well, we're, we're still kind of uh, looking to keep our core on on premise, but we're doing this over here. Maybe we're doing succession. Maybe we're doing recruiting. Uh, almost all of them now are saying we're ready to. Uh, we're looking within the next uh, six to twelve months uh, to move to the cloud, and that I think that's what was driving a lot of that attendance. Um, uh, was that was that level of a desire to move forward. And I'm, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that where we're at uh, in, in the economic cycle where uh, uh, budgets uh, that that typically don't go to HR are now going to HR because we're far enough in that all, a lot of other projects have been satisfied. And so HR is able to get, the, get that big capital spend that they usually don't get. And of course, the big ticket item for a lot of those folks is going to be an HR system. So uh, that makes this uh, couple of years, these next couple of years really make or break uh, for, for success factors. But yeah, that, that's one thing I, w- I just going to throw out there at the outset is just there are a lot mm-hmm. of customers. Uh, that was the bigger, uh, that was the big actually kind of surprise to me that there, that the, the chain, there's kind of been a sea change uh, from what I can tell again, from my very unscientific walking around and talking with, with numerous people. Interesting. So um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, like you said, the 2025 is coming up right at the end of maintenance for R3. But also SAP has plowed tons of, of money into um, the different 
modules of success factors and uh, improving them and um, making them better. And so I think that that's probably spurring some people to to take serious looks at it now too, because the functionality is there. Uh, there's a lot more functionality and there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do there that uh, people want to have. So probably a number of things coming together there for the to generate that demand. But it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Yeah. So. Um... <laughs> Uh, just to piggyback on a point you just made, I, I do think that a lot of uh, you know a lot of credit could be made to some almost all of those uh, companies have started with something else, and those those implementations have been relatively successful. So they've got uh, I've got a successful recruiting or an onboarding system, and and that has helped them kind of mm -hmm. decide that they're ready to make the jump uh, to to get more of their footprint into the cloud. So I, I think there I think there is something to that. So there's a a, a bit of a success story there, I would say. Sure. So w would you say people are uh, just looking at more talent modules or are they talking more about employee central? They're, they're a lot more talking about uh, employee central. Um, I would okay. say uh, I was, again, I was a, a little bit surprised by the number. Um, and frankly, I'm a bit concerned that the number of people, if, if two thirds of the people that uh, or the companies that I that I talked to said that they are ready to move and they move tomorrow. I, I just don't know that the partner ecosystem and Success Factors Professional Services. I'm just not sure if there's enough uh, talent out there to really staff and to uh, keep all these clients successful. So uh, I hope that I, I mean I I hope that I, I'm wrong about that. Um, and I, I hope that they the people are able to move along at, at whatever pace they feel. Uh, makes the most sense but uh you and i and jared uh, and amy all remember the late 90s uh, as you were uh talking about during the, during the pre-show and uh, there was a lot of companies that they weren't real well served because there were a lot of people that got staffed on projects that, that maybe didn't have the, the experience they need so that's that's kind of a concern i have and again that's kind of at the uh, kind of at the micro level um uh, you know, we'll talk more about the direction. I'll, I'll let somebody else kind of take the lead on that uh, side of the conversation. But uh, you know, as far as like what we're talking about here with with the people I was talking to, that's kind of the mindset I heard. Got it. Yeah, yeah. I think it it's, does everyone well to remember the the rush to SAP HM, HCM in the '90s. Uh, you know, lots of customers went there in the late '90s, early 2000s. Created a big demand on the consulting ecosystem and um, you know, some of the projects went well, but a lot of them went really poorly and we spent a lot of time fixing them up. So, um, you know, I just hope that we all learned, learned from that lesson because it sounds like maybe we're getting there with, uh, employee central and success factors today. So learn from history, right? Not that we're going to repeat it, but just learn from it. Okay. So we've heard Brandon's take on things. Um, Amy, what would you say that customers were saying at the conference, um, you know, what were your customers and, and other people talking to you about what's on their mind and, and what they want to do and what they want to see? I did spend quite a bit of time um, during Success Connect speaking to customers, um, both, you know, the, my customers, clients of mine, as well as, um, you know, just people stopping by the booth, people that I've run into, um, people that I got introduced to. And I would say that, um, the buzz was, I will say it was mixed, um, you know, that there were a lot, there were a lot of really good sessions on the agenda. Um, but I think just because of, of capacity constraints there, you know, there, if you didn't get there early, you didn't get a seat. And oftentimes the sessions were 
um, just closed. The doors were closed mm -hmm. um, because there were already too many people in the room. So mm -hmm. that's always unfortunate. Um, but customers also, you know, they they really liked the the roadmap sessions. Those are always very popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that there was good buzz on you know the direction um, of the of the overall suite. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but also, you know, I think that they wanted um, of the the case studies that were presented, the customers that I spoke to were really looking for more detail mm. and more meat in those mm. sessions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the things that I heard, and I'm going to put a shameless plug in for us consultants, is, um, you know, one of the differences between, like, say, the HR Insider Conference and Success Connect is that Success Connect, it's pretty much um, SAP resources, you know, product mm -hmm. managers and things like that speaking, and customers giving um, case studies. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're a sponsor and you have a customer speaking, you might actually get to say a few words. Um, not a lot of presence from consultants at, at Success Connect. And in a way, I can understand that. But also in a way, I think that that's a missing uh, dimension mm -hmm. from the content because we're the ones on the front lines every day implementing these and dealing with customer, um, you know, business processes and issues. And we really have a lot of, um, I think, valuable insights sure. that we can share. So mm -hmm. now with, you know, Insider kind of going away, I'm hoping that they look at the content of the sessions at Success Connect and possibly open up, you know, some slots for us consultants who are, you know, fighting the good fight every day. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with that, and I think part of um, um, conference producers, part of their um, reluctance probably is from consultants who get up there and just do a sales pitch. And, sure. And I know that's not, I mean, the stuff that, that we do, anyone on the podcast team, because, well, it's just, I wouldn't have people on the podcast team who did that, right? Right. I mean, right. if you want a sales pitch, you go to the salesperson. Um, but as a consultant, you know, I agree with you, because we see uh, multiple customers and we get, I tell people we get to see good ways of doing things and we get to see the bad ways of doing things and both are equally valuable. Um, but getting up there and just, you know, going through our expertise and our experiences and sharing that, I think there's a lot of value to that, but, um, yeah, it's, it's a little challenging to get that, those viewpoints in sometimes. I would love to see, you know, kind of more than once a year, um, uh, maybe some pop-up, Mm -hmm. you know, just all day intensive, um, around the country, around the world, yeah. um, sessions, you know, of, of us consultants. So I like that. It's like, I know a, we've, like a pop-up restaurant, right? Have before. a, have a yes. pop-up conference. Pop-up like success factors conference. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm, I, I think next year at success connect, we need to uh, do the podcast live from success connect. That would be awesome. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> get that on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get, I'll get to work on that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. yeah. You know, those things, <clears throat> people will find out that, that we sound much worse unedited <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We might not want to give away our secret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so yep. it sounds like, yeah, so it, it sounds like customers had sort of a, a mix of, uh, looking forward to certain things and, and maybe a few, um, you know, hesitations with, you know, the size of the conference and things like that. Um, yeah, the roadmap sessions, like you said, those are always um, well-received because everyone is so curious about 
what's coming up. There's been so much change in the product, and this is where people get to see uh, what's coming up. So I understand that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, the the buzz was. I mean, it was all positive. I think even the the few comments that I got on some of the presentations, it just it just wasn't deep enough in content. There mm-hmm. wasn't enough detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know, there's there's a lot of room to really kind of hone in and maybe make um, a presentation, you know, presentations um, just more yeah. informative around the details, maybe a smaller topic, but, you know, just deeper um, in the details. Because there really is a, a, a thirst, I think, for customers to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing that kind of sets the Success Factors community apart is that the customer, really the customer community is so active. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I was just speaking with a customer yesterday who wasn't able to attend at all because of it sold out so early mm-hmm. and they were really disappointed. And what I recommended to them was to <clears throat> attend the um, value improvement program webinars and even mm-hmm. the on-site days that, that SAP hosts throughout the year, mm-hmm. because those are, you know, a, a great way to connect with, um, other customers, mm-hmm. uh, locally or not, but who are using the same modules as you <clears throat> and really get up close and personal with product people at, at SAP. Sure. So for those who are listening who weren't able to attend or maybe were looking for more information, I would highly recommend that they, um, you know, look at those VIP, but again, their webinars, but they also have, you know, kind of in-person days throughout the year. And I've participated in some of those and they're just fantastic. Good, good. You know, another yeah. avenue that I think um, we forget sometimes is the SAP users group, the ASUG group. Yes. Now, they're doing more and more with SuccessFactors content, um, both on, at the national conference, but also the different uh, regional chapters. Um, you know, I know there's uh, here in Ohio and then in, in Kentucky where I'm at. Um, well, mm-hmm. I'm in Ohio, but right across the river from Kentucky. So I kind of get both of those. And um, the both of those local chapters have had some some pretty good content on success factors and HCM. I've spoken at a couple of them, so that's another opportunity to get more information and also a great way to network with um, other customers in your area. And I, you know, I know we we say it all the time, but you know, networking with other customers is a great way to um, great way to improve your operations, improve your your insight into how to do things. Right? I mean, that networking is is valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we have in Southern California, the ASUG um, chapter is really active mm-hmm. as well. So, um, yeah, I highly recommend folks listening to um, get involved with your local ASUG. Yeah. Um, and hey, if, if your local area doesn't have one, then um, get it started. Yeah, ASUG start will one. help you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jarrett, you know, you and I uh, were not at the conference and I was uh, intending to do the virtual conference, but um, when I signed in for the keynote, that didn't quite work. So <laughs> I wasn't able to actually uh, get in on the keynote. And then uh, customer commitments kept me from the rest of it that I uh, wasn't able to get to. But, um, you know, from your perspective, you know, as, as a virtual attendee, what did you take away from the conference? What would you uh, have to share with uh, the podcast listeners? 
Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things is maybe a lot of the podcast listeners don't know, but I happen to live in Houston, Texas, and uh, we yeah. some of the devastation that everyone's seeing on the on the news is real. Um, you know, kudos to the first responders, and and uh, there's a, there's a lot of people hurting right now in Houston, and um, you know, one of the nice things is you see a lot of the good in humanity when um, when the chips are down, you're seeing a lot of people chip in to help out, and so. That's one thing that I'm going to re- remember from this week. But uh, another thing, I, uh, I'll never forget that. Um, one of the other things is, you know, obviously I did follow Success Connect uh, virtually. Um, a major issue with the virtual event, um, I heard they had 8,000 people uh, waiting to hear the keynote. Um, normally, you know, it's a nice to have the keynote um, being done virtually. SAP historically has done a phenomenal job with that. Uh, but in this case, it turned out to be a slightly bigger deal that it didn't work for a couple factors. Um, one of them is Success Factors got canceled with six weeks' notice in April. That upset customers. Success Factors got sold out, which never happens for a major technology conference in uh, early August. And so their workaround to make customers happy was to have a virtual event. And the virtual event didn't work for the first 70 minutes. And, and to me, why that was more important maybe than other years uh, was the fact that there's all new leadership on stage. So Rob Ensling and Greg Toom, they're longtime SAP uh, employees, but they're not known to the HR community. They're not known to the success factors community. And then we have James Harvey and Amy Wilson who have come over from Taleo and Workday to take on senior leadership roles. So to me, the biggest thing I was looking at is, you know, what was their messaging? And uh, just to start off, Rob Ensling came out. I found him very authentic. Um, you know, some of the things, some, it just they spent the first 15 minutes on highlighting some things that I really don't think SAP gets enough credit for. Is SAP is really in the forefront of a lot of things that are just just unbelievably great initiatives. Things like they started off by uh, doing something for Hurricane Harvey. That led right into their autism program. They've hired 150 people on the autism spectrum. Um, no other, I haven't heard of any other companies that are doing those type of programs. And then their business would be beyond biased, just not only for a feel-good story, but there's actually some technology um, to support some of that and more coming. And that's something that that I don't see with any a lot of their other competitors in the HR space is, is focusing on these areas. So that was something that was was I thought was is very well done um, overall. Yeah, good. Yeah, and so um, they made a major commitment for donating some funds for Hurricane Harvey relief, right? Yeah, I think what they did is they they said they'd match up to the first fifty thousand. So I looked this morning and it was up to fourteen thousand. So that means that that initiative is going to raise you know at least twenty eight thousand. And hopefully uh, for the podcast listeners, Steve will include a link at the bottom of this podcast. And if you can find it find it to contribute a few dollars, that would be uh, I, I know we'd all appreciate yeah. that as well. Um, now to chi- now to chime into some of the negatives uh, regarding you know a lot of the major issues that customers face were not addressed. And so, you know, I know you want to make these events feel good events. And I, and I totally get that. That's why you bring in Oprah and some, you know, uh, and some of the other things. But at the end, a lot of customers are, are, are based in what they see up close and what they see up close is I, I have a, an issue with the software and it's not working. How come my support isn't better? Support has been an issue, Steve. We've been talking about 
probably on every po- every other podcast uh, as, you know since we started this and for years before that support is a real issue um, I know SAP was making some you know doing some things behind the scenes to fix success factor support and from what Brandon and I saw in April that was trending pretty well but you know, the customers that are going to move to success factors, a lot of them are SAP HCM customers, and that falls under a different group. So if you're not happy with, with your current solution, it's not, you don't just say, well, let's just move to success factors. You just say, you know what, let's see what the competitors are doing. And, 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 uh, you know, and, and that brings SAP into a situation where they're competing to win their own business. And I, I tell customers all the time, regardless of even if you're going to stick with SAP, it's always good to bring a competitor in there. So I'm probably not the best on that one because I think it's good for good for customers to hear what what the competitors have to offer. And to, just to just to mention something Brandon mentioned earlier, I heard one of SAP's competitors to, uh, this week talk about 50% of the Fortune 500 companies are still using on-premise software. That was mm-hmm. that was a rough estimate. So there's, it, it, you know, it's 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 still really the early innings of this. You know, if you're looking and that, if you're looking at, you know. You know what's that? Uh, 250 customers of your Fortune, biggest cost customers in the world, are still doing on-premise. There's a long ways to go on this, and you know, hearing Brandon, what you heard on the ground, I'm seeing that as well. Customers, every customer, is either looking at the cloud, doing an initial, you know, initial, uh, mm-hmm. doing some background checking on the cloud, and starting to dip their toes into various levels. So I mean, it, it's it's happening. Uh, whether some on-premise consultants uh, want it to happen or not. <laughs> well, I think on-premise consultants need to look at it as an opportunity. Anyway, I think that, yeah, a, a lot of customers are talking about Employee Central and, and seriously looking at going there. Um, you know, my my concern, you know, there's we talked about the consulting uh, ecosystem being able to support that. But then, Jarrett, you bring up support, which I think is another valid concern. Um, you know, if there are challenges with support today, then, um, you know, how does uh, SAP success factors address that as the customer base grows? And, you know, I I know that that's not an easy thing. If it was easy, it would have been solved a long time ago. But, um, you know, it is something that we've talked about on this podcast since the very beginning over, gosh, 50 episodes ago. Um, So it's a a sticky one to solve, but, you know, other people have solved it and um, it needs to be addressed. And, it needs to be addressed before the ecosystem gets, you know, uh, a lot bigger because then it's just harder to solve. Make no mistake. The best selling tool is a customer talking to another customer, a live customer saying good things about your software in a hallway conversation will go further than us talking in this podcast, you know, any salesperson out there or any marketing material. And, and I think that's what SAP and success factors has to get back to. And I, you know, we heard some good Brandon. I, you were in the, you were in the um, conference facilities there, and you heard the two customers on stage. I thought were really good. Um, when I went back and watched the replay, I thought they told a good story. I think that's the type of stories that we need to hear more about. Yeah, they did. They were they were uh, really engaging, and they did have some of those same kind of uh, stories that maybe you hear from some of the competitors about. You know, kind of a short uh, implementations uh, with with producing some pretty good results. So. So yeah, that it was finally it was nice to, for them to finally get a couple of good customers up there um, with uh, really successful, happy implementations. And both of them of the big software, the Employee Central. Uh, you know, it took them a while before they could really find the people that that had gone through that process enough to where they could 
could sit up on stage and really talk mm-hmm. about it and, and share some share some success. So I'm uh, I'm really thrilled that they had that up there. That's the that's the best one I've seen at a uh, Success Factors event, and and I really do think that there'll probably be more of those that they can probably bring on stage in the future. Well, we hope so. Yeah, we hope we have happy customers up there in the keynote. Uh, I think that's what it's all about. So from a product perspective, um, what what happened at the conference from a product perspective? Anything that we should really uh, uh, bring people up to speed on? So um, there were there were some uh, advances in uh, in the product uh, roadmap, and th- you know those are coming along, and a lot of that has continued uh, on uh, along some of the same paths that we had before. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about here because it, I think it's a very uh, it's a very big deal is the fact that you know over the last three to four months, uh, effectively the leadership team at Success Factors has been changed out, and yeah. so. And the the timing is a is a bit unfortunate. So Greg Toom, of course, has been in the in his job for I would say what about uh, a month now. And Amy Wilson, who was up also up on stage uh, not long before that. And so uh, it's really not fair to expect them to um, be be in a very good position to to explain or to really talk about the future direction in much concrete detail. So I'm going to give them a bit of a pass on that. Um, on, on where things are going because they, they do need to have some time and some space to, to uh, really articulate that for themselves. But here my, my interesting or my, my question on that point though is when is that uh, message going to get out and where is that message going to get out? Because uh, you know you, it, this one's too soon. We're not going to be waiting around until Success Connect 2018, which is going to be in September um, of next year. Uh, so when is that coming out? Is that are we going to be getting that message and that vision? Uh, hey, here's where we're going as a company. Is that coming out in, in at HR Tech? Uh, that's not far away. That's in October. Or or when would that be? Uh, that they're going to be able to share that vision in a in a way that can be well publicized. So that's that would be a that was kind of my open question from from the sessions and and from Success Connect. But you know, Brandon, that's that's the elephant in the room that no one wants to talk about. It's continuity of leadership. We are on the fourth leader of success factors in five years. And and Steve, I know you do a lot of reading. Anything you read about new executives coming on, it takes six to nine months for them to start to install their vision. To me, I think you have a valid point. Like, what are their major issues? One that I have that I didn't hear anything about that's important to me and maybe to Steve a little bit, given his background, are the next generation payroll. I have some doubts on the next generation payroll given, you know, given that with without Mike and without Thomas there, they struck me as ones that would have been champions of that uh, given given their background and understanding how, what type of role payroll plays and, and what type of legacy a- assets um, SAP currently has. You know, are these going to be the, the things that folks maybe without as strong an HR background as those guys have as their main uh, drivers? And so I, it'll be curious, curious when we start to get information more out like that. I can't see any event until Success Connect next year and, uh, that that can come out. Yeah, you know, payroll is a big question. Um, you know, we have Employee Central Payroll and um, – you know, SAP has said multiple times they're not going to kick anyone off of R3 payroll, but that just means you'll pay more in maintenance, um, you know, after 2025 or whatever the deadline turns out to be. And then next gen payroll, which, um, you know, it's, it's kind of um, 
not well defined at this point. And um, you know, I was I was around in the '90s when SAP localized uh, payroll to the U.S. and was part of that team that did that. And um, you know, it takes a long time to come up with a good stable payroll module. And um, it would be nice to hear maybe a bit more of a of a clear direction on that. Um, but at the same time, you know, Jarrett, with with new leadership there, uh, I'm, I'm sure that they're hes hesitant to commit to something in public that they're not real sure of either. So, um, I, like you said, I mean, it's it's a changing of the guard, and and they've got to get their their feet underneath them. And um, yeah, I, so I guess I'm willing to give them a, a little bit more of a break, you know, more more time to get that vision put together. Um, but it, it needs to be it needs to be put out there for for people to uh to plan with yeah right i mean i will say i will say one thing i mean there is some really neat stuff they're working on like the chat bots and the <laughs> digital boardroom i mean i just i mean these things are pretty awesome and pretty cool i just see that their average customer is uh many moons away from being able to do some of this and i think also that's nothing with sap's customers that's the industry in yeah. general we've been talking you know i talked to josh burson about six months ago and He's been talking about workforce analytics for multi years. Sure. And if you look at the number of companies that truly, not even from a technology standpoint, but have the technology and have the people that can understand what the technology is producing and making actionable decisions on that, where it's still in the under 5%. And so, you know, another elephant in the room is HR is slow to adopt these new things. So to me, technology across all the major vendors is well ahead of where most HR departments are prepared to go at this point in time, but that's a good thing. <laughs> SAP Success Factors is definitely a leader when it comes to, you know, all these integration with Slack and the mobile. And you know, we've always complained about SAP HCM and mobile. You're not going to get any complaints about that with Success Factors. And so lots of things are being addressed. I think it's more of I'd like to see SAP come out with a very coherent easy to understand message that they repeat over and over and over and over again. And to me, that's that story, I think, is a couple key points. I think the intelligent services is excellent. That's something people can understand. Things happening, it's a, it's a great story to tell. I think their business beyond biased is another great story to tell. And the one that doesn't get any play is their global capabilities. I mean, we heard of the thing they have 2,500 people working on localization. Now, whether that number be too big or too small, you could dispute that. But at the end of the day, SAP knows global and local markets, I'd say, better than any software, HR software vendor out there. They have 14 data centers that are processing, I heard, a half a billion transactions a day. The global store, every company can say, every vendor to them, competitor says, we're global. It's the easiest thing to say, but they don't have the global to back up what SAP really has. And so to me, that's an advantage that I, that I think probably a lot of multinational companies understand once they've signed on the dotted line with someone else is, whoa, wait, I thought you said you were global. And now all of a sudden we're having to you know, take some U.S. centric thing and make it applicable for Turkey or Germany or here and there. And I don't know how SAP tells that story, but they have the software to back up that story and success factors. Um, so those are the three that I would key on. And they, and but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on, on areas that they should go to market with a little bit more uh, specific yeah. points. I 
I've got one right right off the top of my head that I think they really need to start telling more of a more of a case around, and that is uh, just the tight integration with SAP. Um, very few of their competitors are are ever going to be able to tell the same story because SAP is is going to be driving the rest of a lot of these Fortune 500 businesses for the foreseeable future. And if you can say that there's some benefit to having your HR data structures in a you know in the same ecosystem, and if you can come up with ways to where you're able to marry your financial data with your HR data and really be able to see that. And, that, and I know the executive boardroom, uh, the demos for that are, are a good example of that, but that needs to be more front and center because that is a key differentiator that, that success factors and SAP have together that uh, they really need to be putting front and center, yeah. in my opinion. Well, that makes a big, big difference to the um, people already using SAP for financials and logistics and all of, all of that. That integration there, being able to talk the same language and pull it all together is 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 a big deal. But also, I mean, that doesn't just happen by accident either. Um, you know, it's it's um, that integration is one of the, and, and I think this was on the previous podcast we did. That, that in, sort of integration is one of the tricky parts of the projects these days, right? It's it, we can underestimate that at times, but um, it's a it's a definitely a strength of the system for sure. Well, everyone, thanks for your participation and for all your, your uh, conversation and ideas and feedback. Um, I appreciate it. And we'll uh, move on to another topic pretty soon in another podcast. Thanks. Have a good one. Bye.